would and turn to the book of Proverbs. Actually, just stick your fingers in Proverbs chapter 14 and then let's go to Psalm 1. Uh, for those visiting, we are doing a series through the book of Proverbs on Sunday nights. And uh, we've gotten through the first ten chapters, verse by verse, and then we're going to just take topics for the rest uh, of the, uh, the book uh, because they change subjects so often in the verses. And so, to, excuse me, tonight I'm going to try not to be too long. I should be done in an hour or so, uh, but uh, we're... I'm going to deal with the subject of scorning. Now, there are not a tremendous amount of references here uh, in the book of Proverbs, uh, the last uh, uh, 21 chapters dealing with scorning, but there's plenty for us to cover tonight. But I want us to start off with Psalm 1 and and verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Let's just read that verse one more time. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now, scorning means to mock. It means to make fun of, to deride. And and I will tell you this, the world scorns singing like we had tonight. They deride, they mock, they make fun of, they count it as if it were absolutely nothing that young people would give their lives a portion of their lives to minister songs and, and to travel and, and just visit churches. But how many of you got blessed tonight by those songs? And uh, I'm not a salesman here, but I have the music. It's on my computer. It's on my phone. Uh, I like to play it. When I go, when you get stuck in a traffic jam and start getting all out of whack, just start putting on, my hope is in the Lord, and you'll forget about our mayor and, and the wonderful DOT and all the other things in there. Don't put your hope in that stuff. It's going to fail. But men scorn a simple faith in God's Word. And what we're going to do, the Bible says that a man is blessed if he refuses to sit in the seat of the scornful. And I will tell you, uh, I have, uh, if you don't know me well, I have a slightly acidic personality. It is not hard to sit in the seat of the scornful, especially when we're talking about evolutionists. Amen? Amen. I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine. I guess you have to go to school and be trained to be that dumb. Uh, It doesn't happen by accident. But the Bible says we ought not sit in the seat of the scornful. We do not accomplish things by mocking the world. And what we have to be very careful of 
is there are warnings in the book of Proverbs. And so let's just start here in Proverbs chapter 14 and and verse 6. Proverbs 14 verse 6 is where we're going to start tonight. It says, A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not, but knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. The scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not. Why cannot the scorner find wisdom? Because you cannot mock God and deride the things of his word and then have God bless you with wisdom. It's not going to happen. You have to make sure that if you go down this road of scorning, That doesn't mean that you're not going to be looking for wisdom. It says part of being a scorner is seeking for it. He's out there. He's going to take time, or she as the case may be. Uh, They're going to expend time and effort seeking for wisdom, but they're seeking for something they will never find because you've got to have faith in God something a scorner cannot have. You cannot mock the things of God's word. You cannot deride them. Go through the stories of the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. How many of you remember what happened when they despised, they scorned the provision of God? Moses said, God, where are you going to get meat for all these people? He said, I'll give you enough meat, not for one day, Not for a week, but for a whole month. How many of you remember that story? Moses is sitting, God, where are you going to get this? God got it, didn't he? And when they said, our soul loathes this light bread, talking about the manna, the Lord sent fiery serpents among them. Somebody said, I believe those serpents were actually made out of fire. I don't know. Uh, But I'll tell you this, those that were bitten died. It really doesn't matter what serpent was made out of. They were full of poison, that was for sure. And that's where scorning will take you. We go into the halls of higher education now. One of the reasons we support Heartland is because this doesn't happen there. But they mock things. They deride and count them as nothing. Uh, We were, Stephen and I were in a store picking up um, supplies for the little Father's Day plaques that we made and gave out. And uh, they had a um, talk show playing at the counter there. And uh, these two guys were talking about economics And, of course, the most famous book that was ever written uh, was The Wealth of Nations. And and they were talking about this book. And one of the guys said, yes, the theory that was advanced in the book. And the other guy stopped him and said, The Wealth of Nations wasn't written as a theory of economic uh, uh, doings. It was an analysis of what was going on in the United States of America in the late 1700s. 
and the guy didn't get it. You see, he was seeking for wisdom, but he couldn't understand the fact that if a man doesn't work, he ought not eat. They just couldn't get it. It made no sense to him. And I made the mistake of making a comment, and we didn't get our package wrapped very well, but praise God we got it home. But the simple truth of the matter is, you either have it all, or you don't have it at all. The scorner seeks wisdom, but he can't find it. But you know, knowledge is him, is easy to him that understands. Had a guy tell me one time, he says, all you do is plug God into everything. I said, it works, amen? I said, does it work for you? Does your eye, oh, we don't know the answers. I said, I got the answers. It's God, amen? And when you scorn God, you know why life's so complicated? How many times have we been here? Life is complicated because you refuse simple answers. That's what Solomon was saying in this one proverb. We could spend the whole night right here just exploring these things. And the scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not. But let's go to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 28. You see, scorners are at work in our society. They're everywhere. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 28. An ungodly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. Now, this proverb is a little different. The first proverb we looked at, he was striking a comparison. The scorner seeks for wisdom, he can't find it. But the man that has understanding, has the word of God, it's easy for him. Now this next one is two in a row. He's saying the same thing, just a little bit differently. The ungodly witness scorneth judgment. Do we live in a day where people despise someone standing up and saying, this is right? Wow. You see, judgment is God's gift to mankind to tell you what is right and what is wrong. A finer point in judgment as we get into the Christian life is making a choice between what is right and what is best. Judgment defines things. It divides things. And when you come down on the wrong side of judgment, you're wrong. You know... They tell you, oh, you have to be careful with little children. Don't tell them they're wrong. You, you might warp their character. Yeah, I plan on warping it, amen? I don't want them to grow up like Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, I don't want them to grow up like some of these other people out there. I want them to know the difference between right and wrong. You see... An ungodly witness scorneth judgment. And this is our society today, is it not? 
We seek for wisdom in our society and we can't find it. Why? Because we have scorned and demeaned God. Somebody sent me a picture of a, of a, a plaque the other day uh, or a t-shirt or something. It was just a saying and, and uh, it said, Dear God, why do you not protect students in schools? Dear student, I'm not allowed in schools anymore. thought that was fairly profound. You scorn God and then wonder why bad things happen. Let's be careful because it's easy. And you say, but I would never demean God. I would never... Wait a minute, when something bad happens to you, I love that song, God makes no mistakes. But let me ask you a question here. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have accused God of making a mistake at one time or another in your life? If you're alive, you have. And that's exactly what this idea of scorning is. I have to understand who God is first. And then I can have the wisdom. Should you choose the path of scorning, there are some judgments that are involved here, punishments. In Proverbs 19, you still should be there. Verse 25 says, Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. Reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. You know what that verse tells me? How many of you know what the word smite means? It means to hit. It, uh, I mean, it used to be when you did something wrong, depending on what it was, they took you downtown, they tied you over a pole, and they smote you, they beat you. In fact, certain places of the, uh, in the world, they still do that today. How many are familiar with caning, which they do in Singapore and some eastern countries? Let me tell you something, they can cane you to death. It's not that hard. But it says you smite a scorner, and it doesn't do the scorner any good. It says the simple, that's the people who don't understand very much. Uh, that is the person who cannot think through things. Everything has to be, get, those are the simple. It says you smite the scorner. You're not doing the scorner any good, but you're going to help the simple. It says, and reprove one. If you'll talk to somebody that has understanding and tell them they're wrong, they're going to get knowledge. Verse Chapter 21, verse 11 says, When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. And when the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1 says, A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Do you get the picture here, the painting? So when you allow yourself into the mode of scorning, you are cutting yourself off from any help to get out of it. Because even though someone... Uh, I, I've met some adults and they, they said, 
Uh, my life is just a mess. Pastor, I wish you could... Well, they didn't say this to me. said it to other men of God that I've known over the years. I just wish you could give me a good spanking. And said, you know something? At 30 years old, a good spanking isn't going to help very much. Uh, if you're five years old, it'd probably do some good. You say, well, what's the cure? The cure is elevating your opinion of God to where it ought to be. Is letting Scripture raise your opinion of God. That's the only way you get rid of scorning. Because once you start understanding who God is, you're going to start listening to other people around you. But here's the problem with the scorner. The farther you go, the worse it gets. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go to the wise. That's Proverbs fifteen twelve. How many of you have ever met a scorner? Try to witness to a scorner? Don't. Don't. Don't try to witness to a scorner. They're not going to listen. And all you're going to do is get an enemy. They love not one that reproveth him. If you meet a scorner, just walk away. Get out of there because you're the one that's going to get into trouble. But guess what? Proverbs 19.29, judgments are prepared for scorners. There's an end to the scorner. But you let God take care of the scorner, not you. Amen? You let God rectify those things. But let's take a few minutes here. Proverbs 24, verse 9. We just need to look at this one because this is one that you're faced with every day. Proverbs 24 and verse 9. It says, The thought of foolishness is sin. And the scorner is an abomination to men. Now, how many of you have ever just thought about something foolish? Raise your hand if you're alive. You know, I just wish the Bible said that I could. You know what the definition of frustration is? That's not being able to beat the living daylights out of some poor slob that's desperately asking for it, right? The Bible says that's not how a Christian behaves. But how many of you have thought about it? That's sin. And that leads to scorning. Because when I allow myself to think about sin, think about foolishness, what am I doing? I'm, I'm mocking God. I am demeaning Him. And so we, we have to be very, very careful here because the scorner is an abomination. It, and it doesn't say an abomination to unsaved men. 
uh, or I mean to save people only, an abomination to people who believe. It's an abomination to everybody. The scorners get nothing accomplished. They help nothing. They only add to our frustration. In fact, if you go with me to Proverbs 29 and verse 8, I could give you lessons from history, illustrations from history about this verse all night long. Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. You know, this idea of scorners being in charge and being in a place of influence leads people into a trap. Let me just give you one. How many of you are familiar with the fall of Jerusalem, 70 A.D.? The Roman armies had been encamped for months around the city of Jerusalem, completely cutting it off. Of course, Jerusalem had a huge water supply, Uh, Hezekiah had taken care of that and taken the Gihon Spring right down into the city. They had stores of food. They were ready to wait out the Roman armies. Well, Titus got a little impatient. And he sent a message in. Surrender and we'll spare the city. Well, our beloved Pharisees... Sadducees, the the temple priest, were having a big argument about doctrine. In fact, it had gotten to the point to where they had actually pulled out knives and were fighting each other on the temple steps and were arguing and, and all of this. And when Titus's messenger came with the message, they said, we're too busy taking care of our own problems. You take care of yours. The city was laid even with the ground. Because the scorners were too busy fighting themselves instead of paying attention to what was really going on. Let me, let me warn you. We have men in our government today who scorn God. And it will be the end of this nation. Say, what can I do about that? Pray. Amen. And don't believe their babble when they print it. Two more. Chapter 21, verse 24. It says, Proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath. You know, that verse right there would take care of ESPN forever. Hello? I can beat you. My mama could be. I mean, that's proud wrath. It's just arrogance. It's thinking that you're better trash talking. Hey, the Bible says that's the work of the scorner. You listen to that stuff, it's going to influence you. It says, a proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath. Be careful. When you start hearing just angry, proud words being thrown around, you know what I'm going to do? Get out of there. 
because scorner is on the loose. And believe it or not, I've heard Bible-believing Christians in Christian high schools trash talk one another when they're playing basketball and sports games and all of that. Someone said, but sports builds character. I don't want that kind of character. We have enough of those kind of characters. We don't need any more. 22.10, and we'll finish here. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Wow. How many of you would like to have a strife and reproach-free life? Don't give room to the scorners. Don't give place to them. You see, it doesn't take a lot of scorn to destroy a lot of good things. That's why these Proverbs are here. They're here to teach us. And I will tell you, the easiest time to be a scorner is when you're a teenager. Now, teenagers, I'm not trying to be rude to you, but here's why it's easy to be a scorner when you're a teenager. Because you have more size and less sense than any other time in your life. How many adults would say amen to that statement? Hello? Come on. How many of you remember what you did when you were teenagers? And you pay for it, don't you? You pay for it. I will tell you, when I was a teenager, I had some ungodly counsel in my life that scorned some of the things that the pastor and the youth director were saying in the church. You know, I paid for that because I listened to the scorning of other people. Adults, we better be careful. You might get away with scorning authority, but teenagers won't. If a scorner can bring a city into a snare, certainly the influence of a scorner can destroy an individual life. Isn't that true? There's only one way to get rid of the scorner. That's cast them out. You can't deal with them. You can't reason with them. You can't talk to them. Contrary to popular belief, there are people in this world that you cannot reason with. So do not waste God's time and effort. If you find yourself thinking scornful thoughts, the answer is get closer to God. When you raise your level of God consciousness, you can't scorn the things that are in His Word. 
You know, Jesus put it this way. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, scorning is denying that truth. And all God's people said, Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night and we wanted to take these few minutes examining your word and Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would have freedom to help each one of us see how dangerous and hurtful scorning is. And Lord, that we would open our eyes to see it everywhere, even in our own lives. And Lord, that we would enjoy the blessing of not sitting in the seat of the scornful. We ask you to work during this time of invitation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer...